the sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to Radio Goodies. Boom. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And this is the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 19, talking about the baddies. Also known as nicest person in the world, double trouble, and as bad copies, but I think fairly universally known as the baddies. Or shite. We'll get there, we'll get there, Mark, we'll get there. <laughs> Original air date, the 14th of January, 1972, at 10.15pm, and it was a Friday. Now... I'm going to say I actually quite like this episode. It's not the best of the season. It's not a top ten classic, but I really enjoyed it. Mark, I believe you have a divergent view. <laughs> baddies <laughs> by name. Thank you for coming back. Oh, by thank the way, you for having me. Your second episode. Uh, baddies by name. Baddies by nature. Okay, not a fan. No, certainly not. Now, if I go cast the mind back, I think the first time I saw this episode was when Channel Ten got the rights. Was that late? 80s or early, early 90s, 90s because I think. the ABC lost the rights and then it gave them to Channel 7 for a couple of months or whatever and then they flipped it to Channel 10. All right, yeah. this is the first run episode, it, so it, yeah. Yeah, I think the last time it was for ABC screen it was 75. Yeah, it was just the guest performances were appalling and even from the great Patrick Troughton, the story just wasn't very good. Oh, well, we'll there's a few points you raised we'll explore. Rob, what was your headline thought? I watched this uh, a couple of months ago and I walked away shaking my head thinking this is terrible. I watched it last night in preparation for this and it improved markedly, though there is a gaping black hole in this episode um, which drags it down quite a lot. But it's uh, like a lot of the season two, middling. Okay, and Richard? I'm probably, yeah, a bit, bit 50-50. I liked some parts of it. I actually liked Trout and I thought he was quite good. I didn't think the rest of it was that great. It doesn't really have a lot of plot to it. Mm. Some of the visual sequences are quite good, and I guess we can go in depth in a, in a minute or two. Yeah. Oh, look, it was better than last week's one. I think it's a lot better than Charity Bounce. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll agree with that. No, I don't think it's a great episode, no. Okay, so let's let's just link in a couple of points that a couple of you raised there. First of all, this was, for us in Australia for quite a long time, a, in inverted commas, missing episode it wasn't part of the regular abc run no, there weren't no, a lot no. of video copies around i didn't yeah. see it until very late in my experience but of all the missing episodes this was the one that had patrick Troughton in it that's right and for a lot of fans of the goodies who are also as we all are doctor who fans mm. that was a really big deal like not only is there a missing episode of the goodies but it has a doctor in it yeah so this was quite a notorious episode mm. and does part of its reputation now hinge on the fact that it was so sought after and didn't meet expectations or you generally think you're watching it it's bad well i never knew any of that um i have no memory of ever seeing it before so i'm not tainted with that sort of expectation um i don't think that the first you know 12 or 13 minutes of it are very good i quite enjoyed what i saw it's just that i am i think a lot of my down note on it is to do with my ambivalence about Troughton and his the performance that he gives um, okay, yeah. well, let, let's explore that, because at this point, in 1972, Troughton's actually probably at the height of his career in some ways. He's just finished a couple of years ago, his three years as the Doctor. He would have just done his big starring role in The Six Wives of Henry VIII. He's quite a big face at the time, so he's quite a good get for the goodies to get. I, 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 I'm with Richard, I actually quite like his performance, but I do feel that if you're going to get someone 
of that status, you could have used him better. I, I got the impression he's having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, that's certainly true. That, that does help. I think he's certainly getting into it, whether you think what he's asked to do is, is good or not. And I thought he was probably the high point of the episode. And maybe because we're Doctor Who fans, and we've seen him, obviously, as a Doctor, he's, he's one of the greatest Doctors. You just see him go slipping back into almost a Doctor-like character, but it's, I think I said it on another podcast, it's like he's on crystal meth. It's just really amped up to the nth degree, where I think if you look at, say, uh, Pertwee, who came in obviously later on, his performance is completely different from what he'd done on television, and he's obviously got the comedy uh, chops to pull it mm. off. So that's probably my taking on it, really. Just over-amped, overplayed it. And yes, it is a caricature, but... Just didn't really grab me. Didn't work for you. All right. right. There's a couple of points I want to drag out later on in the discussion. We'll go right back to the start because I'm actually with Rob on this. I thought the opening was some of the strongest stuff in there. They they smash right into the episode. Yeah. There's they're, they're straight into what they're doing. They mm-hmm. get a, quite a lot of really good comedy gags out of there. Uh, the David Frost beginning to nominate himself probably. <laughs> 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 You're a really special person too. <laughs> you know, really super person too. You know that was that was really good. Interestingly, when you look at the list of names, there's some interesting ones on there, like Harold Wilson's on there, who would have been leader of the opposition at the time, mm. but notably Ted Heath as Prime Minister isn't. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether that's saying something. Spiro Agnew was the one that just <laughs> baffled me, like the Vice President of the US, who was never exactly what you would call a popular character in, maybe certainly, well, anywhere, really. Maybe I mean, it's the irony of having Spiro. Uh, it, it must be, but it, it's funny that they've got all these names that you sort of go are genuinely nice and then some that you see is maybe ironic. But that said, is there a case of the context being different with the age in that whilst we now think of Julie Andrews as this wonderful matron of the arts and all that sort of thing, at the time when she was doing a lot of slightly cheaper, slightly crasser daytime TV in the 70s, she wasn't that person. So there was an irony in having Julie Andrews on the list. No, look, people times change, obviously, and people's tastes change and people's uh, reputations change and how people are viewed clearly changes. I mean, people who are... People gain respectability as they get older, I suppose, assuming they haven't sort of killed people. I mean, they had, like, the Salvation Army Band on there and on that list. And, and, and nuns uh, and scouts. And the Buddhist, I think... Uh, there's, there's the Archbishop of Lanchester, without, obviously without wanting to be specific to a particular town. Yeah. Yes. Or, or individual, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they get in there and then... Obviously, the bad stuff happens. I've made a note here that Tim Brooke Taylor does a lot of crying, and I yes. must admit, I find that actually quite annoying. I find his his namby pamby. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind him being a bit soft or a bit yeah. you know cowardly, but when he just starts crying, I, I've never liked that that trope. No, but that's just me. Interesting point. Quite often in the goodies episodes, there's one large filmed insert, sort of in the middle or at the end. In this case, there's actually a lot of little ones that goes out every time they go out. To see them, what did we make of those those inserts? I think um, we. I had a problem a couple of episodes ago with the the big chunk that they did at the end of gender education, where it's sort of just concentrating on Bill running around. But mm. I think for the for the sake of the pacing, having it in smaller digestible chunks actually works. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I yeah. Well, the, f- the first bit, I suppose, when they're riding down the street, and and you can see they're actually now getting quite adept at riding that <laughs> yeah. bike. Yeah. That's really just a setup. I mean, they go down the street and people are pelting them with fruit and whatever. Yeah. And, and of course, it's, you know, what's going on. Mm. But, but I, I was literally just about to put my pen on my piece of paper and write, this joke of them being pelted with fruit is going too long. And that's when it stops. Mm-hmm. And they then move on. I thought it was going to be another long insert. But they stopped it right as the joke ran out. I thought the timing was quite good. Yeah, mm. no, I think it worked quite well. 
then the stuff with the police I actually thought was the weakest part of Absolutely, the Absolutely, yeah. In the police yeah. station? Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Who was the... Um, John Junkin. He, was the, that was a very interesting performance, if you want to call it a performance. Well, I mean, it, it sort of... <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, fair, fair. I, I, I suppose it follows that setup of, of the police being thick and, and being slow on the up to, and whatever. Because, mm. I mean, he's played very much as the sort of stupid copper. Yeah. You know, who can't even work out that the goodies are standing yeah. in front of the, with the room in, in front of him. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. I think the scripting there works reasonably well. I think the performance doesn't match the script. No, no, he, no. he doesn't know where to pitch his performance. Apparently, apparently the reason he's limping is because he actually hurt his ankle just before they started filming. Oh, okay. um, he fell over during the, the, the immediate rehearsal. Uh, doing oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The four cops who come in afterwards are yeah. just bad, so look, the yeah. whole lot of them are bad. Okay, so we then get into... The meeting with Dr. Wolfgang well, Alphonse second, Well, I was going to say, there's a second film sequence before that where they go out and you see the, the Salvation Army lady oh, doing yes, a striptease. Yes. And, the, and the, the bishop selling the pill. Yes. The pill, yes, that's right, that's right. And then the, the sort of roller skating nuns yeah, uh, robbing the bank, nice, which, yeah. which actually, that entire sequence was cut when it was shown on commercial TV. Is that here. Right? Yeah, it actually cuts out where they walk out. And it basically cuts back in again as they're following the roller skating nuns back to Dr. Petal's hideout. Is, nah. it a, is it a more seamless cut than in Commonwealth Games? No, I think it's just a jump cut. So okay. you're sort of left with, well, why are they following these nuns? Mm. Mm. But, okay. okay. So they do follow the nuns and they meet Dr. Wolfgang Alphonse Ratfink von Petal. Now, gentlemen, I put to you the question, is some of the structure of the next 10 minutes a deliberate take on the fact that Patrick Trown's in the role and he's an ex-doctor in that they've got four parts, they've got really absurd cliffhangers that they got out of in a really stupid way. Is that a deliberate uh, piss take of the Doctor Who episode cliffhanger format with, with Troughton in there playing a Doctor Who-esque bad guy? Never, or is it just coincidence? I never thought about that because I actually found it really annoying. It kept going into episode one, two, three, four, and I was, I was wondering why... Why they actually did that? So that actually could be the that's, reason why. That's a very canny insight, actually. Yeah, I, that, I hadn't realised that no. until you yeah, no, spelled it out. But how? But how would how relevant would that have been to some people who would have not known who Patrick Troughton was? Oh. As a uh, who, so. I, I would I would expect in 1972, the vast majority of people that are tuning into the BBC to watch the goodies probably are at least aware of the Doctor, Doctor Who exists. They certainly would know that Doctor Who exists, and they would probably yeah. know that Patrick Troughton had played. It's only three years. It three years before two and a half, three years. So. But he was the forgotten doctor, as it were. Yeah, but that's, that's late. That, that's that's in 2016, not in 2013. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I quite enjoy that. I, I, I like that piss take of the cliffhanger format. Now, whether it is a Doctor Who piss take or it's uh, going back to those old uh, movie reel type action adventures that would have those sort of things in them. The Flash Gordons. The Flash Gordons, all that sort of thing. I, I thought it was quite a clever little thing. I like the trans performance. I don't think it's the best performance in the series, but... I, I like it. Mark, you said you didn't like this episode. Do you get anything out of any of that? No, I thought it was really bad. <laughs> it just wasn't... I don't know. But, but I Mark, think Mark when, when you say it's bad, what is what does bad mean? You, when I... I'm, look, I haven't seen this episode for years, and to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of goodies in the last maybe five or six years. My memories of the series are, uh, you know, the classic ones. Okay, Tea Rooms, Kitten Kong, Goodies Rules, okay. I'm comparing it, I suppose, to those those episodes where and also in the run of series season two which isn't particularly strong either i just didn't get much out of it i just thought it wasn't that great i thought the story was weak it just wasn't one of the great ones for me 
and that's why that's my benchmark as I'm comparing it to to those. Not the uh, I'm comparing it to the the, uh, the not so classic ones. Okay. So yeah, that's that's really my yeah, and also it had the worst uh, fake crocodile I've ever seen in my life. But isn't isn't that part of the sapphire? Like, is, if they're, if they're doing a satire of really bad cliffhangers, isn't having a really bad alligator part of that? Yeah. I mean, there's no there's it, no prerequisite to have uh, a lifelike alligator or crocodile in the tank. I was comparing it to Challenge of Wing Cheyenne with yeah. the rat. Yeah, look, maybe I was being generous, but on, oh. the other, on the other hand, I did make a note here. Perhaps we can discuss this now. I actually thought, even by Goody standards, or not so much Goody standards, but 1972 TV standards, this episode looks and feels very cheap. I thought. In that the sets are really quite uh, blank and simple. The costume is really quite blank and simple. It it feels as though compared to a lot of the special effects that they normally have, this seems to be a bit bit lower on it. I, I don't know whether it's nearing the end of the season, so the budget's a bit weaker, or or am I? Well, I suppose we are right, right at the end of the season, so I mean, yeah. I guess if you this probably is the one where the money's maybe run out. You're right. I mean, there's the bit in the office. They then go to the police shop. Well, I mean, that's just really a front counter with yeah. a, with a window. Dr. Von Petel, obviously, he has the, the stairs down to his basement. And then there's the, the very small uh, stage where they give the yeah. Nice Person of the Year yeah. award. Yeah, yeah. so well, that, that's a good segue there. Uh, again, I didn't hate the episode, I enjoyed it, but I, I will concede that they didn't know how to finish this one. In that I, I don't think they quite knew where to go with it. Once, once they'd introduced Dr. Petal, once he had sort of escaped and they'd done all the stuff in the, his, his, his hideout, they didn't really quite know how to finish this, I think. No, I guess you sort of go through the whole thing again about the, the copper earlier was confused by what's going on. The TV presenter, who's obviously meant to be Michael Aspel, uh, who was actually hosting the Miss World or the UK version of Miss World at the time. So he, you know, I'm getting terribly confused. Yeah, that, that joke was on a couple too many times. To, yeah. to... You then go into what I thought was, of the visual sequences actually, the, the last one where they're fighting their dummies that's quite cleverly done where they're running up to the doubles and that the, the yes. swap yep. swap yes. swapping the goodies good. in and out with their doubles yeah. i actually thought that was really clever yeah. and really well done i thought the sequence itself probably went a bit long yeah i was getting a bit bored by that sequence near the end but technically i thought it was really well done hmm. Mm. Okay, any other thoughts on the episode generally before we get to our usual topics? Um, I want to point out that uh, Michael Asprin's count... Yeah, I had this too. ...is, is right out. It must have been the fact that I was doing this very late at night, but I felt the urge to... He, he says there were 200 contestants, and he starts talking about 85 did this, 73 did that, 29 did that, etc., etc., etc. By my count, all those numbers add up to 219. Yes. Not, not 200, <laughs> including the goodies. So if you are bored with this episode and you go back to watch it, there's something for you to look out for. <laughs> okay. I thought the stuff in the dungeon, some of that was quite funny. I mean, look, the bit where they, you know, they're going to be chomped by the crocodile. And then, of course, it's just how they do their daring escape. Oh, that was a close one. I'm glad you had that potato peeler on you. And, and then there's the more obvious one with the bomb where yes, Graham works yeah. out how to get out of it just as it goes off. Mm. Yes. But obviously that is just to get them to the nice person of the year award. I mean, that's really mm. the only purpose that serves. Another just random little aside that I noted down is that when they do a Nazi joke, the audience really doesn't know what to yes, do with that. Yeah, Whereas I think today, you, you, this is actually a, a subversion of our what could you get away with today. Whereas today I think the audience wouldn't have minded so much. In this one, there was a large part of the audience that's clearly like, no, sorry, dare I use a cliche, it is too soon. We, uh, we live through the blitz. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to laugh about it. We don't want to laugh about it, yeah. So we'll cut now to our regular segments, which brings us to ads. Ads. 
Yes. Mark, do you want uh, to leave this off? I did actually. I thought the ad was actually one of the highlights of the episode, personally. I right. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I love it. I like it too. Tony and, I think it's actually the earliest uh, Patreon ad ever. Tony and Sandra from Canada, I'll ring and <laughs> reverse the, the charges. Did you notice, up. though, the thing is, there's actually a voiceover at the end, and the first part of it's obscured by the audience That's laughing. That's exactly it. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can't... No, I can't make it out. In actual fact, you can hear people coughing... All through that bit, I was—I played it again a couple of times. You get people coughing, and someone actually speaks very low, but obviously it's been played in over the monitors. Yeah. In studio, and they've just recorded the laugh track behind it. Yeah, and they haven't got the uh, the volumes or the mixing. No, right. I laughed about it because I, when I ring up my relatives, I said, "Oh, thanks for ringing, Mark," and I always say to them, "That's okay, I reverse the charges." <laughs> so that's why I got quite a lot of that ad. Uh, I, look, I think it's a very funny joke that, again, subverts that form of advert very well. Mm. Uh, and the, the woman who plays the old lady, oh, yes. she's perfect. She's yes. great. She's very a really great. good performance. Yeah, and, and you almost feel a little bit sorry for her, isn't you? <laughs> yes. Bastard relatives are yeah. left. They're all abandoned her. <laughs> some money. That's right. Uh, what couldn't they get away with today? Mm. I'm going to leave this off with them looking at a picture of Julie Andrews in a bikini and saying, no, not up to much, is it? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that to me was a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But that's not the one that I pulled out. No, I mean, no, I'm thinking you and I probably got exactly the same one. I think with uh, the Bishop of Lanchester. Oh no! No, is that not the one you had? Oh, well, 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 Richard, you, you, oh, you go with the Bishop, Bishop of Lanchester. Well, I was going to say the really obvious one I had was was at the end the Bishop of, of Lanchester when they wheel him out and he lists his hobbies as whipping choir yes. boys, oh, yes. <laughs> meeting yes. meeting meeting sailors and cross dressing. Plus, he wants to star in his own blue movie. Yes. Yes. Oh no, 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 no! You could do that today. Oh, I don't think you could do the whipping choir boys yeah, part. Whipping choir boys, uh, but in, ter- but in terms be, of comedy, I think it would be a very different joke. Yeah. I, look, I think you could probably do the rest of it. I don't think you could do the whipping choir Correct. boys I, part. I, I, no, I, I yeah. think you could do it, but it would be a very different joke and a very different tone. I don't know how you do it. The church is in well, a, the yeah, church sorry. is in a shambles at the moment. Yeah, sorry, stand up, stand ups make fun of the church and that sort of thing all the time. Yeah. They're, 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 it's open season on the church, yeah. especially the Catholic church. You, you mm. go, go watch Bill Margos go nuts sometimes. He's loves and the you know church. what? With 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 a, a congregation that is in the low tens percent, I mean the church is wide open for that sort of thing. No one cares. They just laugh. Mm. They just laugh at the church. That was the epilogue with Robert Mamoni. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> well, put it this way, the BBC probably wouldn't show it, given they've just edited out a bondage scene out of the, the uh, what's it called, Big Bang Theory. So. Mm. Okay. Uh, Rob, what was your pick? Well, I would have thought everyone picked up on this. Uh, stealing children, bundling him in the back of the... Yeah, oh, in the yes, back of the yes, Mr. Yes. Mr. Jolly's meat Mr. pies. <laughs> no, no, said, I don't think you could do that. They did a more subtler one uh, about Captain Fishface, you don't know what goes into my rishols. <laughs> and also, um, uh, t- Tim being called a pansy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, I think you mentioned it before, the Salvation Army strippers, you probably couldn't get away with that. But the swinging dogs, they had the, 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 the baddies riding along. And yes, they the that's dogs, quite funny. And they start swinging these dogs around and throwing them away. Animal, I laughed, but I don't know if the... Uh, animal brutality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if you had the goodies themselves do it, that would be a problem, but the yeah. fact that it's the baddies doing it yeah. to show how bad they are... But yeah. it's so obviously over the top. And it's so obviously a fake dog. Yeah. That yeah. you could... you could. I mean, there'd be the, the you know the internet, the, the social justice warriors on the internet banging away if you going, no, 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 but the rest of us would say. Uh, okay, now I didn't have any goodies tropes on I, first. I, 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 I've got, got one. So go I've got on. lemon sherbet makes an appearance again. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely right. But yeah. the hallucinogenic qualities are not... Again, no, right. in keeping with this season, no, they've turned those down. It's actually also the first time the bike is called the Trandom. 
Okay. Yeah, they did mention that a couple of times, yes. Yes, they call it the trandom, and that's the first time the bike is, is referred to as being a trandom. Is that the actual correct term for it? Well, it's not a, a tri a, thing or anything? No, I, I think that is its well. I mean, that's what they call it, okay. and, and that's what it's generally referred to. Is this also the first title sequence where there's laughter over the top? No, I don't think... Because I was watching an older episode and there was no laughter, but I do recall episodes where the laugh track is on top of the... Yeah. yeah. There is yeah. some. The Beef Eaters had it, I think, but then I think they removed it for um, for some of the later ones. Okay. Okay. Finally, gentlemen, our favourite gags. Once again, Mark, you're our guest. What did you have? It was more the commercial than anything else. Okay. And the swinging dogs. <laughs> but also, I mean, the, the, the bit without the pill and... And the Salvation Army Stripper, yeah, got me going. Yeah, I actually had the Bishop selling the pill as my yeah. favourite joke because it was totally unexpected. It's a wonderful quick visual joke, and yeah. I, I did laugh very heartily at that one. Rob? I'm a sex addict from way back, so stripping Salvo Army <laughs> woman is quite... I found that funny. But also saying knickers to Vera Lynn. Oh, yes. Yes. Because um, yeah. she, uh, even back then, was an icon. Oh, well, she was the, the Force's darling, yes, yes Force's sweetheart, yeah. so... That was probably the coppers, is it Judkins? Judkins? Yeah. Was, is one good line, I suppose. So. Okay. And Richard? Yeah, I think I've, I've got ones that everybody had. I think really, I, I also had the, the, um, the, the Salvation Army stripper. and was and, really good. And, and, saying, <laughs> and, and saying Nickus to Vera Lynn. I, I probably just picked Troughton, because I, I, I thought he was really good. Okay, well, on the Patrick Troughton note, I think it's just worth mentioning, for those people who are Doctor Who fans, Rob and Mark, you both host a Doctor Who-based podcast. 42 to Doomsday, where can they find that? By searching for 42 to Doomsday, I guess. Well, they can go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 42 to Doomsday. We're on Twitter at 42, the number 42 to Doomsday. Search for it on iTunes. It's iTunes. iTunes. If Stitcher. you want to send us an email, it's 42 to Doomsday at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stitcher.com. Thank you, Mark, for appearing and helping us to talk about Patrick Trouton and the baddies. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. Yeah, so next episode we're going to be talking about Kit and Kong, perhaps the most iconic episode of the series. Yes. So, I, I think so. Yeah. So unless there's anything more that people would like to add. And now, a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. a friend in the world. Nobody should love me. Except my pet vulture, Lucretia. <laughs> she only stays with me because she knows I've left her something in my will. What have you left her? Me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>